to the main event. Totally random. Totally random sports show. Here's your host, Sean Lincoln. Y'all ready for this? The Ultimate Fighter Season 12 winner is crowned. NFL is heating up into playoff races. Two big stars make their way back to their old cities, and one big star takes a huge hit. All that ahead and more on episode 12 of the Totally Random Sports Show. Welcome to episode 12 of the Totally Random Sports Show. I am Sean Link, back again for another week. Sorry we missed last week, had lots of stuff going on, but we're back and ready to go. How to talk about this week, it's been a real interesting week in sports, a lot of cool stuff's been happening. Start off with the NFL from yesterday. Pretty good day, lots of good games. A start in Minnesota, where the Minnesota Vikings were taking on the Buffalo Bills. Not a terrible game, but right at the very start, uh, first or second drive, Brett Favre just got nailed. He's starting again, still starting, gets nailed. He was out for the rest of the game. That brought in Tavares Jackson, finally gets his shot to prove what he can do. And he comes in and looks pretty good. You know, made some mistakes, but played very well. Minnesota got the win 38-14. Jackson threw for two touchdowns, threw for three interceptions, but, you know, young quarterback, that's the way he kind of is. Not too not too worrisome, I don't think. And it just shows that if Minnesota needs it, they have a, that quarterback. I don't know why. I think he should be the starter, no doubt. Um, they announced today, though, uh, Brett Favre will be the starter next week for New York if he's healthy. So they're keeping... Keeping Favre in there and letting him, you know, do his thing, but I really think it's time to hang him up. At least put him in the backup role. Uh, he just doesn't look like he can help the team that much. The interceptions were about the same. Plus, Tavares Jackson had a few rushes, and you know he threw it up. He got his team the win. I know it's against Buffalo, but he got his team the win. Something Brett Favre hasn't been doing a lot of this year. And another big game, Indy played Dallas. And Indy loses again. That's three out of the last four, and they're just looking awful. Peyton Manning is not himself. You know, you got to wonder if there's an injury or something. He threw four picks today. Two of them got brought back for touchdowns. And, you know, what's going wrong in Indianapolis this year? They didn't have a ton of changes from last year, and they've been dominating just year in, year out. All of a sudden, they're not even at top of their division anymore. Um... Jacksonville is a game up on Indy, 
and both Houston and Tennessee are only a game down on Indy. So, you know, there's a shot there. It won't even be close. Um, that AFC South picture is just so tight, still wide open. Any team could make it. Especially with Indy, they do, they do have two division losses, which I've mentioned before. So, you know, it's going to be touch and go to see if they make the playoffs or not. I don't know if they will. Especially if Peyton Manning doesn't get it together. He's got three or more picks in three straight games. So it's just not good enough for if you're Indy, and that guy's supposed to be carrying your team. Dallas, on the other hand, wins again. They've been looking real good since getting rid of Wade Phillips. And uh, you're finally starting to see some of the potential that you thought they had before the year. So hopefully next year they come back. I think it's almost too late for them this year. But next year they come back and hopefully look good. The Monday Nighter this week, usually I'll save this for the end, but I'm pretty excited about this game. I've got to talk about it now. Jets, Pats, uh, both teams are 9-2. and two, And this game is really going to go a long way to determining who takes that division. The Jets already have the first win against the Pats, so they do have the tiebreak right now, but it won't matter if the Pats win. This is going to be tight. The Jets, they have a really stellar defense, and the Patriots have looked like the Patriots like they always do. Tom Brady's carrying that team. Uh, Wes Welker's making some catches, and they look good. It's going to be interesting to see who gets this win. I... I'm always inclined to look at the quarterback position, and you have to take Tom Brady over Mark Sanchez pretty much any day. But I think it's pretty close this time, and I don't know if there's a clear cut. You know who's going to win this game. So it'll be a good game. Moving on, two big games in different sports this week of stars who left their teams and came back. Of course, I'm talking about LeBron James and the Miami Heat going into Cleveland. That one was just fun. And Danny Heatley and the San Jose Sharks makes his first return back to Ottawa after demanding to get out of there. Uh, We'll start with LeBron and the Heat. Why not? Real, real fun game to watch, at least for a while. Uh, Heat ran away with it, just dominated the Cavs, was never close. LeBron, I think, had 38 points. He played great, really responded to it. But that crowd was unbelievable. It was really fun. You know, as to be expected, you weren't expecting anything else. But right from the opening introductions, they were going nuts. Uh, LeBron's getting booed out of his place the whole time. Chance of asshole at him. It was pretty funny. But, you know, I liked uh, during the introductions, the crowd just went nuts, booing the whole Heat team anytime anyone was announced. And when Zydrunas Galskis came out, they gave him a huge cheer, and I felt good for him there. You know, he he didn't want to leave the Cavs. I don't think he had no he had to go somewhere though. And I I think that really says a lot about the Cleveland fans. They're not just bitter. You know, it's more how it happened, not that it happened. So, you know, LeBron came out there though and made the statement, sort of shut that team or shut that crowd up pretty hard. So, happens. Uh, and the other one, Danny Heatley, comes back to Ottawa. And uh, another game that just wasn't even close. Heatley and the Sharks win at 4 nothing. Uh, anytime Heatley touched the puck, he got booed. A lot of good signs in both these games. But, uh, yeah, Heatley gets booed every time he touches the puck. Uh, he ends up with an assist. 
had a lot of good chances. I think he hit the bar once. So both guys make a good case to show why, you know, why they're still some of the best, even though, you know, they may not be like, they're still some of the best players in the leagues. And that's what happens. We'll take Heatley and the NHL, and that'll move us straight into the good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot of stuff going on in the NHL this week. Lots of everything. Start as we always do with the good. My first good this week, the NHL's Western Conference. And uh, we'll see the Eastern Conference a little later. The Western Conference has been far and above better. Really fun to watch. Every team has a chance to beat everyone. 14 of the 16 Western Conference teams are at or above 500, which is just terrific. Three points separate 12th from 3rd. Unbelievable. And, you know, five points second from, I think, 14th. So this is just super tight, fun to watch. Every game means something, you know. Right now, if you look at the Northwest, Vancouver sitting with 31 points, and they are sitting in third place. Second place is the Colorado Avalanche. They're not even in a playoff spot right now. Unbelievable how close this division is. And as long as, long, as well as the rest of the conference. Just so fun and super tight. You're going to see some good teams not make the playoffs, which is unfortunate. But... It's tight. It's fun to watch. They're far and above the better conference. It's just a lot funner to watch. Another good, Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, both the team and the player, respectively, not great starts. Uh, Pittsburgh started really poorly, actually. They were down under 500 after the first 10, I think. Just not looking good. Well, since then, they have cr climbed up just absolutely playing fantastic uh, they're fourth in the conference now tied for the division lead and mostly all on the back of Sidney Crosby Sidney Crosby's on a 15 game point streak uh, he's got 46 points this year six more than the second place Steven Stamkos 23 assists 23 goals two hat tricks this week within back to back home games this guy's just been unbelievable for Pittsburgh and, you know, he is carrying this team. Showing why he is one of the best players in the NHL, if not the best. You know, there's always going to be that debate. I'm in the mindset where it's Sidney Crosby as he makes his team better. You know, a lot of people say Ovechkin. Stamkos is getting into the discussion. It's a great time to be an NHL fan. There's so much young talent out there that's going to be around, you know, five, six, seven more years. And I just can't wait to watch these guys continue to mature. This is just such a fun league. Uh, Sidney Crosby has just been unbelievable. We'll move on to the bad. And the first bad I have, those just previously mentioned Colorado Avalanche. Colorado, although, you know, still right in the playoff hunt, you know, point out of a playoff spot, a win or a loss either way pushes these guys up and down in the West having no love when it comes to injuries. At one point last week, they had 10 starters out of the lineup. Um, by far, they have lost the most man games this year from any team. And it's just 
kind of ridiculous. They lost their starting goalie, Craig Anderson, for an extended period of time. He's only played minimal amount of games. Chris Stewart is out there leading score. Adam Foote, their captain, has been out. Almost every player on this roster has been hurt. Peter Mueller still hasn't played a game this year. Um, it's just tough for these guys, losing players over and over. They had to make a couple of trades this week after losing the amount of forwards they did. Uh, they shipped out Scott Hanning. Scott Hannon, sorry. Um, they just needed a couple forwards. So, that being said, they're still going on. You know, they're a point, point out of a playoff spot. They're right there. They have five players. The only team in the league to have five players with 20 or more points. Um, this team is battling through it. And, you know, one of my personal favorites, so it's easy to get on this bandwagon. But, you know... It's a team that you just have to cheer for with all the injuries and everything they've been going through. It's fun to cheer for these guys. And I'm hoping, you know, they can make it. They've got that young young roster like they had last year. And they do. All those guys are looking great this year. You know, Duchesne's, O'Reilly's. They're looking really good. Um, Galliardi's another guy that's injured. But he was looking good when he was playing. All these rookies should carry these guys. Um, they've been playing a lot on the back of uh, Stasny, Hayduke, Sh Kevin Shattenkirk making his first NHL starts, playing unbelievable, looking great as a defenseman, just racking up points. So this is a good team to watch and uh, really fun. We'll go to the Eastern Conference now as a, the next bad. They only, they have eight teams above 500, eight teams under 500. I said earlier, sorry, three points separate third from twelfth in the west. Well, five points separate eighth from ninth in the east. This just is not a good conference. You know, just a lot of bad teams, it looks like. With your Torontos, your New York Islanders, you know, New Jersey's not looking anything special. There's a lot of teams that just aren't anything in this in this conference, sorry. And... Although they seem to have the powerhouses, uh, Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh's right in there. They just don't have the up and down skill that the Western Conference seem to has seem to have. Sorry, it's just not as exciting a thing to watch. You have a good idea who's gonna win. Uh, guys betting on Sports Select, I'm sure like this one, but that's about it. Um, in the ugly this week. We go to the New York Islanders. Uh, we're on a 13-game losing streak last week. And prompted their play-by-play -play man, Howie Rose, to make these comments. Is it spring training yet? Hey, let me know how this game turns out. <laughs> Not that I particularly care. So that's during a commercial, well, what he thought was a commercial break. He had thrown the commercial, and apparently, I guess, someone in the truck forgot to flip the switch, and uh, a few candid comments came out. So I uh, got him in a little bit of heat. He did apologize later in the game, which was almost funnier. That's uh, Howie Rose. He's been the Mets and the Islanders broadcaster for 15 years. So he's a well-respected, you know, broadcaster, and... <laughs> Just doesn't look good going that way. So, rough day for him. But uh, let's move on now to Season 12 Ultimate Fighter Finale. Time to end this suffering! I need a minute to myself! 
ultimate finale took place at the Pearl at the Palms in Las Vegas. You know, a smaller venue than they normally do, which really makes for a good atmosphere. You could hear the crowd yelling, real fun. And the crowd was definitely giving things to yell about in this night. Um, this was headlined by Jonathan Brookins and Michael Johnson. Uh, of course, the two guys coming out of the season of the Ultimate Fighter season, both guys out of Team GSP, which wiped the floor with Team Koscheck. Uh, you saw in the last episode a lot of the Koscheck guys making fun of their coach and just unhappy with the way they were coached. Uh, clearly, I think GSP was the better coach here. He is more professional, obviously, and uh, you know he's just a good guy. He plays the good guy. I think he is the good guy. But anyways, we'll start the night a little earlier. The night started with the first live featherweight fight in UFC history. This came, of course, after Dana White announced that they'd be merging UFC and WEC a couple months ago. So this pitted uh, Ultimate Fighter man Nam Pham, who was on Team Koscheck, one of the guys in the semifinals who looked great against Leonard Garcia, who is a WEC veteran known for just having great fights. And this was no exception. Uh, he, Leonard Garcia took the fight on a week and a half notice, of course. They're not allowed to announce who he's fighting because the semifinals hadn't aired yet. So he had no idea who he was fighting until he saw it on TV with the rest of us. And uh, this one went to decision and bring in the controversy. Uh, Garcia wins a split decision 29-28, 29-28, 27-30. There was no way he won this fight. I thought Pham won all three rounds pretty easily. Easily, Pham thought he won all three rounds pretty easily. He was not happy. Um, he clearly was angry. The crowd went nuts, booing, chanting bullshit. And just not impressed. Uh, Garcia came over to do his post-fight interview and was very good about it, even though he's getting booed out of the building. Um, he said he admits that uh, Pham beat him standing up. He said he got a couple takedowns, which he did, but Pham won this fight. Um, Garcia said the next fight he had would be a rematch with Fam. Of course, that's up to the powers that be, but I would love to see it. It was a good fight. That was the first one. Well, judging really came into question again. It seems every every card that the UFC puts on, or even Strike Force, any of these promotions, any card they seem to put on, there seems to be some kind of controversy, and it's just not good for the sport. But uh, what can you do, really? Uh, the next fight on the card was uh, Rick Story and Johnny Hendricks. And the most exciting part of this fight was Joe Rogan going off on judges. Just spent a good five minutes, the whole second round, almost talking about how terrible the judges were, how, you know, the system has to be fixed. And among other things, telling people to write letters, send complaints, just get in their complaints. So, uh, pretty funny to hear him going off on this rant. But you know what? He's absolutely right. Something has to be changed. Um, I don't really know how... I like the 10-point must system. I think it's a good system. I think um, they have to implement maybe 10-10 rounds would help, where, you know, it's a tie. 
And I think more than anything, they have to be more liberal in giving away rounds. You will rarely even see a 10-8 round in the UFC. I think they should be giving away 10-5s, 10-6s. Just make it, make them, I think maybe they don't have even enough freedom. It's hard to say they don't have enough freedom when they're deciding fights. But, you know, if Pham maybe wins one of those rounds 10-8, 10-7, instead of the obvious 10-9 that they just give any time somebody wins a round, it's not fair that someone can dominate around win 10-9 or someone can eke out around and win 10-9 and they're even you know something has to be fixed and i'm not sure what that is but something will have to be fixed anyways we'll go back rick story won this uh unanimous decision 29 28 boring fight nothing happened um <laughs> we then went to uh interview with gsp and josh koscheck where they had technical difficulties, so people at home watching heard nothing. They would come back to them later in the night, though. Uh, so we skipped that. We went to a fight between Cody McKenzie and Aaron Wilkinson. Uh, Cody McKenzie of GSP, Aaron Wilkinson of Team Koscheck. And just like they did all season, GSP team wins. Uh, Cody McKenzie puts on a guillotine choke. Gets the win at 2-3 of the first round. All he went for in this fight were chokes. He had a guillotine locked in a couple times and just couldn't quite finish. But then this one, he just cinched in hard. I don't even know if it was under the chin, but he just crunched him. Wilkinson tapped. So McKenzie, that seems to be his only real good facet of his game. So he might need to work on something, but he gets the win. Um, the next fight was Damian Maya versus former Ultimate Fighter winner Kendall Grove. You know, n- again, not a close fight. Maya dominated all three rounds. He has just the mo- one of the best ground games in the sport right now, and he just walked all over Kendall Grove on the ground. Wins unanimous decision 29-28. I don't know how he didn't get all three rounds. Uh, apparently judges are watching something I wasn't. But he got the win, so that's all that matters. Yeah, not a great fight. <laughs> we get the GSP Koscheck interview now, where we basically get what ex- get what we're expected. GSP, both guys think they're gonna win. GSP had the great quote here: "If I trained myself to fight an army of men, so one cannot beat me." <laughs> I love that from GSP, and uh, he says he's had the best camp of his life. He's ready to go. We'll talk more about that fight later, but I can't wait. Next up, we go to the co-main event, uh, Stefan Bonner versus Igor Petrychek. Real good fight. In the first round, we saw a little more wrestling than you usually see out of Stefan Bonner. But uh, second round, they both came out and put on the obvious Stefan Bonner fight. Everyone just throwing. Both guys lost a point in this fight. Petrychek lost one for a knee to the head of Stefan Bonner. He was, Petrychek was on the bottom and kneed up and uh, actually cut Bonner on the top of the head. A little interesting there. He lost a point. Bonner then lost a point with no time left on the clock for uh, illegal strikes to the back of the head, which, you know, Steve Mazzagotti, that was a good call. I'll give him that one. Um, with no time left on the clock, is it necessary? I don't know. But whatever. Joe Rogan went on another rant in this one about um, the ground strikes. He didn't like that that was... He thought that was a terrible rule. Both elbows 
and knees from the ground. He thought both of them were bad rules. And he went on another rant about this. And uh, Joe Rogan just seemed to be in a foul mood today. He just wanted to make his opinions heard. Uh, made it a lot inter- a lot more interesting, so I'm not complaining. Real fun to watch. But uh, Bonner ended up getting the decision 29-26. Totally unanimous. No doubt. Bonner won every round of this fight. And a uh, real good fight. Main event time. Jonathan Brookins, Michael Johnson. You got the wrestler against more of a stand-up. Johnson absolutely dummied Brookins on the standing up. Uh, just Brookins really has to work on his standing game. Uh, he stands like chin way up. Hands do not cover his face. So he has to be a little worried uh, moving up. But he won the ground battle, took Johnson down a few times, and is one of the better wrestlers I've seen in a long time coming out of this show. So he got an easy win. He got the win here, 29-28, unanimous decision. And uh, Jonathan Brookins is your Season 12 Ultimate Fighter winner. So see him moving on. I think you'll see Johnson moving on too. He's a great athlete, and he was just really good. So that's good. Um, we'll talk about UFC 124 next week. Headlined, of course, by GSP Koscheck in Montreal. We'll have full coverage of it next week. But, wow, am I excited for this fight. Um, GSP, I think everyone is just hoping, smashes Koscheck's face in. With the amount of trash Koscheck talks constantly, it's just going to be fun. Uh, USC is doing a good job promoting this. During this show, that's all you saw. And they have this great commercial I'll, I'll leave, put it on the Facebook wall if you guys want to check it out. Just a great commercial they had to promote this fight. It's uh, to run this town by Jay-Z and Rihanna. It's just really good, good, well-done commercial that gets you pumped up for this fight. But yeah, should be a good fight. Looking forward to this fight. Looking forward to this you know, whole card. It's not the strongest of all cards, but it looks like there's a couple other good fights on it. And uh, we got another good week of sports ahead with a uh, great Monday nighter happening tonight. All this NFL heating up. NFL, you know, we're getting into crunch time here. 12 games in, most teams are. So three, four games left to make statements and get into the playoff picture. Uh, it's still pretty wide open for a lot of people. So uh, I'm excited to see how we'll finish. But anyways, that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry I missed you last week. Should be back next week with an episode uh, in the middle of exam, so it's a little touch and go. Might be a little late. Thanks for listening. You know, tell your friends. Try to get as many people as we can listening to it. Besides that, that's all I got for this week. Check in again next week. See you later, guys. Your allegiance, get your fatigues on All black everything, black cards, black cars, all black everything And our girls are black birds, riding with they diligence I can't more in depth if you boys really real enough This is not familiar, I'll
explain later But for now, let me get back to this paper I'm a couple bands down and I'm trying to get back I gave Doug a grip, I lost a flip for five stacks Yeah, I'm talking five comma six, zero shot, zero zero Back to running circles round, niggas, now we squared up Hold up Life's a game, but it's not fair I break through